The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Finelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. So pleased to welcome you uh, to this extravagant gala that is known as the Cover 3 October Awards. We are very excited to, to bring this back as we will near the end of all of the months. And yes, I know, I know, I know, October 30th is going to be a day in October, but we've had four more Saturdays. We had four Saturdays for the first set of awards. I'm I'm trying to keep this thing consistent. And I mean, no one's going to complain about the opportunity to highlight some of our favorite coaches, players, teams, and games. A quick reminder before we get into the proceedings, and we will be hitting mailbag questions before we get out of here. So continue to fill up that big old bag of mail. You can do it by leaving us a five-star review In that review, put your question, and it'll be added to the big old bag of mail. Uh, Last month, we saw Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State take the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month. Mel Tucker from Michigan State. I mean, we can see Sparty's one of the big seasons of the season. He was the Coach of the Month for the month of September. Arkansas uh, getting the Team of the Month and the Game of the Month was Fresno State against UCLA. Jake Hayner giving his body to the, uh, you know, to, to Pac-12 after dark, right? Just just a real sacrifice right there, uh, even coming off of the full body cramp. So I, I guess, do you want to just go ahead and dive in? I mean, does anybody have, are there any, like any any business or anything that's on, on the top of mind? Because I, I kind of think that we were re- locked and loaded, ready to go, but I might've missed something as I was uh, getting myself all gussied up for the occasion. I'm I ready we to get go. this thing. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. First, we're going to start with the player of the month. Uh, I've got a couple nominations here. I I think that there are some fantastic options, but uh, I want to open it up to the floor. How about uh, Bud Elliott? Why don't you go ahead and get us started? All right. So I was filtering some stuff here, trying to take out garbage time, really looking for the guys who are the most, uh, you know, clutch, if you want to say, or or the dudes who are are not just padding their stats in garbage time. And I'm going to start with a guy who didn't even play all of his team snaps this month. Um, but 
I was looking at the, at the top rushing EPA, you know, so expected points added measures. And damn it, you know who is the top, the leader in the month of October for rushing EPA? Chase Brown. It's Caleb Williams. <laughs> mm. How nutty is that, right? Like, so I already knew his, his, his throwing stats were, were quite nice. Guys, Caleb Williams, just absolutely huge runs when Oklahoma absolutely needed it. Fourth and one against Texas, boom, six, six yards. Again against Texas, goes for 40. Honestly, he bailed him out a ton on third down against Kansas, a, a team that the Sooners kind of sleptwalked through. We just cut a separate video uh, last Tuesday on how badly Oklahoma was banged up. They're missing four of their top five defensive backs. He's come in and really carried them. Uh, his legs were also pretty instrumental in beating TCU. Uh, for me, he's my player of the month. If they had Rattler, I think, I mean, honestly, Oklahoma could be a two-loss team at this point. He was definitely one of my nominees, for sure. I mean, he saved their season for the most part because they'd be doomed if they still had Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Uh, another nominee I have is one of his teammates, Kennedy Brooks. In the month of October, he rushed for 540 yards, averaged 6.43 yards per, and had six touchdowns, including the game-winning walk-off against Texas. And I also, Chip, you brought him up. I also want to nominate, while we're in the running back category, Chase Brown of Illinois, who uh, rushed for 515 yards, averaged 7.69 yards per, including 5.72 yards post-contact per rush. So he was getting hit in breaking tackles and then still picking up another six yards every single carry. Uh, Should I just go through my entire list or... I, sure. I, so yeah, go for it. I've got Chase Brown as well. I mean, he in terms of rushing yards per game, no one is better than Chase Brown in the month of October. One hundred and seventy-one point six seven yards per game uh, in the three games that the Illini have played. I, I also have him on my list. But keep keep rolling. All right, I got C.J. Stroud, who mm-hmm. in October for Ohio State threw for a thousand two yards, fourteen touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, receiving wise. A name that most people don't know, and I don't blame them, but this guy absolutely killed everybody else. in West North Kentucky? Park. Yep. Yeah. Jareth Stearns. <laughs> all right. He had 60 catches for 717 yards and six touchdowns. Just for some context, Stearns had 60 receptions. No other player in the country during October had more than 40 receptions. He had 717 yards receiving. No other player in the country in October had more than 556 yards. He was heads and shoulders above every single receiver in the country. And on the d- defensive side of the ball, Alabama's Will Anderson, six and a half sacks, 24 pressures. And Michigan defensive back DJ Turner, targeted 10 times, allowed three catches for eight yards, had an interception. Mm. I like Solid. the way you, I like the way you spread it out. Uh, Will Anderson. I also wanted to make sure to mention, like you said, uh, leads the nation in sacks in the month of October. Uh, Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati. We talk a lot about Sauce Gardner. He's going to be the guy who's going to get all the first round NFL draft hype. But Bryant has been awesome. He has two interceptions in the four games this month. Eight passes defended. Second in the nation in passes defended per game. Uh, Chase Brown. Yeah, the, the CJ Stroud is kind of stupid. I think when Bud started talking about garbage time, I was like, oh, crap, there goes my CJ Stroud nomination. Because he's the reason like- they're going to garbage time. Yeah. He's not throwing in garbage time. He's just he's throwing knockout punches in the first half, man. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions in four games, as Tom mentioned, at 73.8% passing. Uh, absolutely banana stuff. So I wanted to get CJ Stroud out there with an official nomination. Chase Brown. 
David Bell doesn't have the whole well-rounded argument, but I mean, that Iowa performance at least deserves a mention if we're going to be discussing everything that happened in the month of October. He also went for 100 the game before that, but Wisconsin kept him in check. Uh, so, you know, I've got CJ Stroud's kind of like my, my leader. I can rock with a, a Chase Brown. I can rock with Caleb Williams. I think that's probably where the debate will come, but uh, much love and, uh, and shout outs to Will Anderson and Kobe Bryant as well. Can I give two more? Yeah. Sure. I, I, I didn't realize we were going to go more than one per. Uh, Jakari Roberson for mm. Wake Forest. They've been in, in three like tight-ish games so far this month. I believe he has 28 first downs or touchdowns in the month of October, which is pretty nuts. And that, like everybody knows they're going to him, and he's still getting open. Remember, that team lost Donovan Green, uh, their, their other best receiver in the preseason, so he's really been kind of the guy they're going to. And I want to give a shout-out to N'Kobe Dean. Like His stats aren't insane but that Georgia defense just plays so damn smart and he's he's such a big part of that and I I had to pick somebody from a Georgia defense that was just that dominant this you know this year and this month I had uh CJ Stroud same like you guys I also had Kenny Pickett who's been getting a lot of love in the Heisman Trophy statistically the stats aren't as obscene as some of the other guys at the top still eight touchdowns zero interceptions in the month two road wins and then the big win against Clemson was really kind of the, okay, now he's done it against Clemson. Like, what more do you need to see? And clearly he's somebody who's getting a lot of attention on the national stage, rising up the the Heisman rankings. Um, I also had uh, Xavier Hutchinson for Iowa State, who just had a big performance, but he's also been kind of a breakout receiver for Brock Purdy there at Iowa State. Of course, he had the one that was called back this week for the uh, just stupid taunting penalty that was called back um, this past month as well. So where are we landing? We uh, this is this is a group decision. I mean, the purpose. So it depends on where you want to go. I think because like we've all said, C.J. Stroud, like he's. Uh, but I do think there's a hesitation for me to award him in a month when the competition has not been stellar. That would be my one hesitation with crowning him as the player of the month. But I wouldn't push back that much if we all decided, hey, he's the guy. I mean, I I think there are a lot of players, obviously, who are deserving of consideration. We've named a bunch of them. But I think the first name we said is the player of the month. I think Taylor? it's Caleb Williams. Yeah. I mean, just from the performance aspect, the narrative aspect, the podcast aspect of us being on Caleb Williams since the spring, I feel like how can he not be our player of the month for October? Now you're also, talking. If, if he had played all the snaps. Tom and I were, by the way. That's Tom and I were mm-hmm. team Caleb Williams. If he had played all the snaps, are we even debating this? No. Oh. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And you know what, Tom? Great point. These are the cover three podcast mm-hmm. awards. You know whose rules we bend to? No one but our own. Caleb Williams, congratulations. You are the cover three player of the month for October. All right, let's take it to the coach of the month. I've got three names. One I feel pretty passionate about. Uh, DK, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Oh, I got I got a coach I'm pretty passionate about. 3-0, undefeated in the month. So, see, I like to have guys that have to deal with some adversity. How about Mike Norvell, what he has done? And don't <laughs> laugh at me. Don't I'm laugh. Yet, but after an 0-4 start, yeah. people were throwing in the towel. One of the hardest things to do is to keep players invested, especially at a program like Florida State, where they can start feeling sorry for themselves. Oh, we thought we were going to be one thing, and now we're well short of it. To keep them around 
keep them battling to get three wins. And I know UMass isn't that impressive, but I'm telling you, after a two and four start, I think there's a chance they make a bowl. Uh, so I'm going to go Mike Norvell is my kind of out-of-the-box coach of the month for the month of October. You know, Danny, I was debating to go team of the month or coach of the month here. Uh, so my most improved team in the month of October, my power ratings, I went back and pulled my power ratings from the end of October or end of September, is Colorado State. But there is no way in hell I'm going to give this award to them after what Adazio did uh, and, and totally botching that game. What, what a joke of a hire there. And this is coach of the month too. We're right. Coach of the month, team of the month so, is coming up next. I can't really give team of the month to Florida State when one of their wins is UMass and they had a bye mm-hmm. week. But let's think about the makeup of this team. It's a team of mercenaries. They're all transfers. They didn't think they were going to be good this year, but they didn't think they were going to start zero and four. He has kept them together really well. So that, he was actually tops on my list. The other guy I want to point out is several close wins this month. I think his in in game coaching and finding ways to coach around injuries and making the right decisions, not you know folding your public pressure and just punting the ball away, giving away possessions. I'm going to give mine to Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin has done a really good job winning close games. Matt Corral's clearly banged up. They're losing offensive linemen. They got receivers down. You know, the defense is starting to show some warts, and they still keep winning. Tom? Uh, my coaches of the month, my nominations, I've got multiple. I've got... Ryan Day, even though the competition wasn't at its most fearsome, they had that early loss to Oregon. They bounced back. There were people calling for saying, you know, oh, C.J. Stroud shouldn't be the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Stuck to his guns, got the season turned around. They're cruising. They look like the best team in the Big Ten by far. C.J. Stroud, we just nominated him for Player of the Month. Good thing he didn't bench him. Uh, Another coach, Thomas Hammock at Northern Illinois. Mm. The... Huskies are at 4-0 in the MAC. They have a two-game lead on everybody else in the West. Nobody had high expectations for them coming into the season. He's in his third year there. It's like you kind of almost forgot he was there. But, he's you know, Northern Illinois hasn't done much of anything the last couple of years. They come into this season, they're playing very well. And then another one, the guy, if you can get UTEP to bowl eligibility in October, you deserve to be nominated for Coach of the Month, Dana DeMille. God. So I'm... I am way too basic here, but I cannot believe that when we think about rallying back from adversity and having your team playing great football, that no one is mentioning Jimbo Fisher as coach of the month. I think Mm -hmm. the Alabama win and the quality of play that we've seen from Texas A&M since the Alabama win certainly suggests that there has been something that has occurred within that building, locker room, coaching staff, and more that absolutely deserves some recognition. On a, on a similar note, uh, though I said I'm not as passionate about this one, Brian Kelly, you know, just it has been very difficult to find ways to get this Notre Dame team uh, offensively to play at a high level. And it hasn't been often until very, very recently against USC that USC's off- that Notre Dame's offense has put together four good quarters. Uh, also, Dave Clawson, uh, again, not as passionate about that, but Wake's offense is just surgical right now. And maybe he would share some of that award with Warren Ruggiero, the offensive coordinator there, who's really helped to mesh all these different styles together. But, uh, man, I, where, where do we want to – I would say Jimbo Fisher's the one I, I would fight for for consideration among some of the names that have already been mentioned, the very good ones. I will fight to remove Brian Kelly from the list. Lost at home to Cincinnati. Can't win coach of the month in the, in the month you lost at home to Cincinnati. Yeah, totally fair. All right, so good, good, goodbye. I'm, I'm cool with that. Get out of here, Brian Kelly. Like, like, yeah. like, 
they, they've all really had had extremely nice months. So who's I mean who's going to win it? Who's going to tiebreak this? Do we vote? I had I had Mike Norvell, who I do think Bud brings up a good point. The UMass win is hard to give him a credit for that one. If he wins against Clemson, then it's like, okay, there we go. Now we're on to something. I know it'll be November. Maybe he'll have a chance in the back end. I'm torn because my team of the month is coached by Bud's coach of the month and Lane Kiffin. So I, but I would sign off on Lane Kiffin easily for what he's done. But I also don't have a problem with Jimbo. So you guys can fight it out between those two. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we've narrowed it to to Lane and Jimbo. Uh, D, DK has has pulled it away. We've got a uh, so Bud. You, you're obviously Lane, right? That would be your vote. Yeah, I, I would say so. Okay. My vote's Jimbo. You know what? Uh, yeah, go, Jimbo go beat Alabama. I'll vote Jimbo. Sure. Jimbo yeah, beat Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, Jimbo beat Alabama. Assistant with his backup it. with his backup <laughs> QB. Yes. yes. Okay. So all on board. There we go. And they looked terrible with him like a couple games ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Jimbo Fisher, our cover three coach of the month for October. All right, let's turn it to our team of the month. Tom, uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started with your with your nominations? Well, as is kind of going to be the case, there's some crossover here. Uh, my first team of the month nominee will be Northern Illinois, a team that came into the 2021 season with a win total posted by the books of four. It won four games in October alone. It started, it's, it's you know, 4-0 in the MAC. It is probably going to a bowl game this year. It almost has the Mac West wrapped up already. And everybody else in that division has two losses. Northern Illinois beaten, you know, four of them, obviously. And I th- they, so they've got a three-game lead on a lot of teams. So I, I think the Huskies deserve to be nominated for Team of the Month. And my other Team of the Month is the reason that Brian Kelly shouldn't have been nominated for Coach of the Month. Cincinnati. They had a couple games this month where they had to win to really keep their playoff hopes alive and to give themselves a solid credential base for it. And they did it. I mean, they went on the road and they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. So that's like a huge win to me, even though Notre Dame might not be the team that we've seen make the playoff the last few years. It's still a one loss team that is still in contention for a playoff spot. And it's only loss is at home Cincinnati. I'm going to go pit in the month of October pit. They were only a week or two removed from Western Michigan beating them, which is pretty embarrassing. Although, you know, I, I understand somewhat fluky. They go at Georgia Tech. That's not a good Georgia Tech team, but it's a it's a decent team, right? They're like we all agree, like a top fifty team, top half team in college football. They go on the road, and win by thirty one. That's a Georgia 50. Tech team that's favored against Virginia Tech and might put an end to the Justin Fuente era. And like in case it's not already done, yeah. And then they go on the road again, twenty eight seven at the Hokies. Then they beat Clemson, twenty seven seventeen. This this is kind of a, a leave no doubt month for Pitt. Narduzzi is letting the offense cook. The defense continues to play really well. Like this is one of the best months I think anybody had in the sport. I had two. I had Ole Miss. I mentioned that before for what they did after, but they lost to Alabama in the month of October. So that one that yeah. kind of gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I had Michigan, a team that we've looked at for a long time. And I would say like the winner for the month of October should be whoever wins this weekend between Michigan and Michigan State because both of them have had really impressive wins. I'll give Michigan the slight edge over winning in Lincoln. Pretty dominant fashion against Wisconsin. That was like that kind of hurdle they had to get over after getting run through by them the last couple times they've met up. I think Michigan is is probably the team I would lean to over the two in that state. 
Can I give two shout outs to, to programs that won't win? Was one of them UTSA? Because I want to make that an official nomination. No. Okay. That, that, that team could win. UNLV and Vanderbilt. Okay. Ooh. Now, they're, they're not getting the wins here, which although I think you, Vandy's UConn win did come. And obviously, like we have the tie to Barton here, but like Vandy is playing better football, like considerably better football this month, even like relative to opponent than they were in September. September was, you know, not not great. I, I know they had the win at Colorado State, was whatever. Uh, also, UNLV is, like, playing some teams kind of tough. They're not getting the wins, but, like, they're not getting blown out. So I'm seeing, like, actual improvement from those teams, even though I, I can't vote for them because they're not really getting any wins. Fun fun stat for UNLV. They are 0-7, and they have led in six of their seven games. They have led at halftime of four of them. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that because Arroyo is still looking for his first career win. He's 0-13 mm-hmm. overall, but like both of you have mentioned, these last couple weeks, they've been right there. So do you penalize him for blowing it or do you look at it and you say, uh, lose small, lose big, lose small, win small, win big, and that they're just on the journey right now? What you do well, is you live bet their opponents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean uh, – Arroyo is probably on the list for the worst coaching decision of the month, though. That field goal he kicked when, when mm-hmm. they were tied 20 on, on fourth and one from the 23. Like, what what do you have to lose? Chip, do you remember our fade UNLV principle? Yeah, because it was fade Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator. Exactly. <laughs> we saw Justin Herbert take off in the NFL. We saw that the old Oregon offensive coordinator was a head coach. We're like, well... We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't like the decision-making, the evaluation, the decision-making, uh, not here for it. So UTSA was the one that I, I definitely wanted to throw in. It has not been mentioned yet, so with my other nominations, I will throw support behind Cincinnati and Pitt. The Ole Miss loss to, um, the Ole Miss loss to Alabama makes it difficult for me to get all the way behind Ole Miss. But the great points are the way that this team has overcome injuries. Uh, you had the crazy game against Arkansas, the insane game against Tennessee, and then kind of take care of business. But the nature of that Alabama game when it was 28 to nothing at half, that kind of has me pedaling back a little bit. So wanted to add UTSA to the conversation, and I will also throw my support behind Cincinnati and Pitt. Now we got to make a decision. I am pounding the table for Northern Illinois. Ooh. I'll pound the table for Pitt. Pitt. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. I'll pound the table for Pitt. I mean, is your team, bud? How you Do you think that that's the, the one that stands Look, out among this group? I just think about the NIU thing, and I think they're doing a tremendous – like, it's great that they're getting there, but they've basically just been lucky in four coin flips. Right, wow. they have a one point win. <laughs> they have a one point win, another one score win, a two point win, and another one score win. Like Pitts, they could easily, they the easily be zero and four this month. Pitt sits atop the coastal division with a Heisman Trophy candidate and a win against Clemson. Like, think about that statement. If we would have said that at the beginning of the year, right? I will say, I bet Clemson. I bet NIU on the money line last week and was happy to cash. And I have dropped their power rating from the end of September to the end of October. I think they've gotten a little bit worse, despite the fact that they're that they're four and zero in the month. I, I don't think they're they're not showing improvement on how they play. I think they just been get lucky. But man, that's so got to be pit. marginal, team, right? Team of the that's month just, for beating hey, three a bad little teams. bit. Congratulations! Like, like a field goal worse. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Field goals, field goals significant. I just, it's so funny looking at all the ratings of the Mac teams as they just slowly inch above and below each other. <laughs> well, no, also last year, events. Chip, last year with the Mac, all those priors, we, we, we didn't really have anything. They only played each other and it was mm-hmm. just so funky. No, I'm fine with Pitt if you guys want to win Pitt. I'm just pounding the table. No, I, I like the way that Danny put it. At the beginning of the season, if you say that at the end of the month of October, Pitt is sitting first place in the ACC Coastal with the Heisman Trophy contending quarterback and a win over Clemson, that you're like, what? A, <laughs> what? How? And you got to put it all together. So hats off. This is a Kenny Pickett podcast. And congratulations to Pitt. You are the Cover 3 Podcast Team of the Month for October. I, I do want to just, um, again, Pitt, congratulations. But <laughs> why didn't Pitt win the Team of the Month in September? Because they lost to Western Michigan. Yeah, who's 2-2 two and two in the MAC? <laughs> Western Michigan. Who's 4-0 in the MAC? Northern hey, Illinois. Pound hey, Kanye. the table. Kanye, the award's already been given out. No, Sit I'm down. Just, all right, listen, I'm a letter <laughs> finished, but I'm just saying. Can we... Can we talk about one team that did not come up in top player, top coach, or in uh, in, in in top? Uh, well, I guess that was all player, coach, team. SMU, Virginia. Ooh, Since yeah. we gave out those awards to end September, they played September thirtieth, which was that Friday night game. They go on the road. They beat Miami. Then they beat Louisville on the road. Then they smoked Duke forty-eight nothing, and they also beat Georgia Tech. Like hmm. this team has been getting a whole lot better. Uh, you know they're. Their offense is just absolutely incredible what they're doing. Broncos just totally like, let's screw it, let's chuck it deep. And it's it's working over and over again. I, I just I wanted to give those guys a shout out. Like individually, they're not standing out enough to win any of these awards, but collectively, there's something good going on there. There is uh potentially there, there is a mailbag question. I don't know if we're gonna get to it today, but uh, I made a call for non-Big Ten questions from the listeners because Big Ten fans have just been uh really leading the way. Uh, and we did get some we did get some Virginia fans showing up. So uh, in a very soon in a mailbag episode, uh, perhaps a little bit later on, um, we will uh, we will discuss that very topic. Yeah, the team of the month nominations uh, last month we were really hovering around you know your Arkansas, your Penn State, the teams that had really cashed in with those uh, big non-con wins. Uh, all right, now speaking of those those big games. What about the Cover 3 podcast game of the month or the month of October? Mm. I mean, there's only one. To me. I, okay, no, wait. There's there two. Are, I think there's, I think there's I, two. I have four. Okay, but, yeah, Danny, you I can have get four started. I have these, to get but, some of these. I have to get some of these off because there are some honorable mentions that we have to get to. Right. As ugly as Penn State Illinois was, it's, it deserves to be a, an honorable mention for nine overtimes, setting a historical mark there. Army Navy was inc- or not Army Navy. Army versus Wake Forest was an incredibly fun game, but I can't go there with 70 points. The game was closer than that, but there was little defense played. The two I think you guys are all getting to are the SEC matchups that we took place. No, really. One so of- my top two yeah. were Arkansas Ole Miss. Coming down to the wire, I love Sam Pittman's decision to go for two. Like it had drama, it had a lot of offense, and then the other one was Bama getting beat by Texas A&M. Those were my two nominations for game of the month, the official well, I, nominations. You I think didn't we even like nominate the best game there. of the month then. Uh oh, which one? Which First one? of all, Wake and Army's also on my. I have four. Wake and Army's on there. A&M Bama's on there. Ole Miss Arkansas is on there. But the best game of the month, 
was a Red River shootout, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma. But there's another one, and this is where we have to talk about. <laughs> this is true. Although I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. But this is where we got to talk about the cover three angle to this, because there was a game that involved golf balls, mustard bottles, and <laughs> he's going to run it, <laughs> and an instant reaction during the instant reaction podcast. As you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to keep clean streams here. You got got a lot of you know Dino drop ready at, at any moment. I didn't have the game. I needed Bud and Tom to narrate Joe Milton's decision making in the final moments of Ole Miss and Tennessee. My my two were Red River Shootout and Ole Miss Tennessee. Though Texas A&M Alabama, it, without a doubt, uh, needs to be mentioned and. Uh, Wake Forest Army needs to be mentioned. The uh, I loved the Ole Miss Arkansas game as well. But when I needed to start drawing lines, it was like I believe the best game because that was one of the best editions of that rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma that we've had in a long time. And then there's also just Ole Miss Tennessee hit a little bit close to home. So I can I can go with the Homer Cover Three influence pick or what I think was actually the best game. I, I'm. I think that's a group decision that we need to make together. Ole Miss, Tennessee. Wow. I, man. The game wasn't – do you think it was that great of a game? No. I mean, it, it had everything, though. <laughs> it did have everything. But it had the stuff that wouldn't happen in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've had some NFL games that are just crazy shootouts and, and big plays happening, but you wouldn't have – that kind of stuff going on in, in, in a pro game. Just all the the insane stuff that makes college football fun. Lane also returning to Knoxville yeah. as yeah. like the layer that sort of like set the base for all of this. It wasn't the best game, but it was maybe like the game of the month. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm actually ashamed of myself for not nominating it. So yeah, no, you're right. That was the game of the month. <laughs> Roll with it. All right. I can endorse it. <laughs> Congratulations to Ole Miss's win against Tennessee. That is the mustard bottle golf ball throwing game of the month for October. We'll give trophies to uh, Lane Kiffin. We'll give trophies to Shrixon. Uh, we'll give trophies to uh Heinz, sure. Uh, Keep keep your eyes out in the mail. We'll be able to keep that going. So uh, to review our award winners here, Caleb Williams, you are, congratulations, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month for October. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, congratulations, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Coach of the Month. Pitt, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Team of the Month. And Ole Miss, Tennessee, the Cover 3 Podcast Game of the Month. Uh, are there any other just sort of like unique highlights or superlatives that you want to throw out before we uh, hit the break and tackle a couple mailbag questions? I have four awards of my own. Okay. Oh. Uh, the first one, I'll start with the kowtowed fan base of the month. Iowa fans were pretty upset with us in September. <laughs> October, they haven't been nearly as upset with us, so... Congratulations, Iowa. You are the kowtowed fans of the month. Uh, this is not timing on purpose, or maybe it is. Brocktober of the month goes to Brocktober. Brock Purdy this month, 82.5% completion rate, 760 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and Iowa State went undefeated. So Brocktober was here, Brocktober won. Uh, conference of the month, the Sun Belts, because 
in conference realignment right now, I'm looking at the group of fives and the way things are going. And although not all the moves are official, I mean, Southern Miss announced it. We're see, expecting Old Dominion to do so soon. And then Marshall and James Madison in the near future. The Sun Belt will be a better group of five conference than the New American. I'm just putting that on the record now. So congratulations to the Sun Belt. You are the conference of the month and you are the group of five conference of the future. And then finally, my hot take of the month award goes to Bud for saying that Pitt should be favored over Oklahoma <laughs> on a neutral field. Congratulations, Bud. Right are you now. saying our team of the month would not like right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think they would. I, I stand by that. Now, in two weeks, if they get those dudes back, I'm going to pick Oklahoma. But like I right would... now. <laughs> it's just I, I, a great, yeah. great qualifier. Like it is the fine print of the I said game. right now like four times in the clip. <laughs> I was listening to the show while driving yesterday, and I literally nearly – I was like, what? What the hell did he just say? All right, let's let's do a well, live power rankings poll. If on it was – What would you make the line neutral field that they played today? Oklahoma by three. Even with all like four DBs yeah, out, no, nah. Pitt's one dimensional on offense. Oh, it's a good dimension though. It is, but I mean, I don't see Pitt stopping Oklahoma. Mm. Right. I think they would get like a stop or or two, and I'm not sure Oklahoma gets gets many. I'm going to give an award to the uh, short turnaround bounce back player of the month, Chase Bryce. Terrible against Louisiana Lafayette. Two picks, fifteen of twenty six for one thirty three. Turns around Coastal Carolina in a game they have to have if they want to stay alive for their division. 18 of 28, 347, two tutties, no picks, and uh, just basically did whatever you wanted, exposed that Coastal defense like we thought might happen. So Chase Bryce is my short turnaround bounce-back player of the month. He might have a close second in Zach Calzada who was yeah. somebody we looked at and were like, where did he come from? Was similar to what you were watching with Chase Price when he's playing uh, in that game against Coastal. Like, where has this guy been all year? So I would definitely uh, put a second vote in there. But yeah, Chase Price would get the award for sure. And it was all air yards. He was th- he was like oh, chucking yeah. it deep. And my whole sort of premise, I was like, all right, Chase Price, just like, you know, keep it keep it 10 and 2, yellow and white. Let's just drive this thing. Let's run that ball. And he was like, mm-mm. No, no, no. We're going 40 yards down the field over the middle. He was dropping it in the bread basket. Yes. Uh, congratulations to Chase Bryce. So I, last – oh, go ahead. I had, I have I have two awards that I want to give. There might be a close second in this one, though, so I'll let you guys be the tiebreaker. Okay. I had for sound bite of the month for college football, either Lane Kiffin, get your popcorn ready on the CBS game of the week moments before kickoff with the, the, the mic drop, throwing the headset down, and then putting up a goose egg in the first half and all the quotes, uh, the stuff that came after it. Or do you give it from Mike Tomlin for what he said yesterday when he was asked about the USC job and said, I'll never say never, but never following there's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Those would be my two nominees for soundbite of the month. And then mascot of the month, same game with Lane Kiffin dropping that uh, the get your popcorn ready. With what is the I don't know what the tide the elephant is called, but Big Al. Big Al, duh. For Big Al to be able to find an outfit with popcorn on it at halftime, ready to go, where they got over from the basketball team, all of that to come together at halftime was pretty pretty stellar work from Big Al there in Tuscaloosa in that game. I mean, Alabama is pageant country, right? You know they're going to have props ready. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, 
I mean, that, I, I got a real good kick yesterday out of the memes of like Mike Tomlin coaching college football. It was like somebody telling Mike Tomlin that his commit just dropped the top 10 list. <laughs> um, do y'all want to play that audio, by the way? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's is, good. Is, has He's everybody like, heard it? I think that it's def- for any it's audience number. Yeah, it would definitely be worth it. And Palmer connecting you to some college jobs. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay. Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. <laughs> does Does Palmer work for us? Not that I know. Like, so. like he's not like one of these Brady Quinn types that, that, that does CBS stuff. <laughs> I don't believe so. Um, okay, so he he played for Cincinnati. Do you think Palmer yeah. was floating Tomlin out yes. there just just, a million just to screw with Mike Tomlin? <laughs> a okay. million percent. It's I a Bengals Steelers thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and let's like who who tore Palmer's ACL? The Steelers. It's <laughs> a complete rivalry thing. And that's what I was thinking too. And so that's I, what was hilarious to me because it's like we got we've talked about this a million times. Like Dan Patrick talking to his friend suddenly becomes a news story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I've, I, you know, working at ESPN, I used to work with Keyshawn Johnson, and we'd have conversations both on air and off. And the arrogance that comes with the former USC player actually has them believing that they might have had a chance at Mike Tomlin. And this is that smack in the face of reality of, oh, we can't just have anybody we want. We're not the end-all, be-all of college football coaching jobs. And I I still don't know if this humbles them at all, but it should be a rude awakening call for them to say, okay, maybe, just maybe we should reset our expectations and kind of who we think we can get and who we can call that's out there. I just want to know what Booster felt challenged. And what booster was just like, oh, oh, you you don't think I can hire Mike Tomlin, okay? I bought and sold all these businesses and made all this money, and you don't think I can cut a check to get Mike Tomlin out here. I mean, these NFL coaches have got to take like one look at social media and see all the hell Dan Mullen gets for going on vacation in June and be like, nah, man, I'd rather have like one million less, maybe. And honestly, most of these NFL guys make a ton of money anyway, but like, I wonder what they would look at more, either the vacation in June criticism or the commit publicly announcing his decommitment, like, you know, in the middle of a season. Like, all of it. They're like, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that stuff. Or, or the kids saying that he plans to decommit next week, <laughs> <laughs> which has happened in the past. But, mm, okay. Oh, I don't know, so, man. Uh, last month, Tom uh, had a, a message board poster of the month, and I, I don't think we need to do this every week, but there is a, a Twitter account called Message Board Geniuses. It is at Board Geniuses on Twitter, and uh, there was actually one that popped up today that I absolutely love. Uh, it's called, the headline is Possible Mole? Question mark. It's from an Oklahoma message board. Any chance any disgruntled person with inside info on the inner workings of OU football is leaking any info to other teams the last two games? Other than a few big plays by QB13, Caleb Williams, seems other teams seem to know a lot about what OU is running. Think about it. Kansas is near the bottom of offense and defense in Power 5. Mm. Which, mm. 
I love. I am here for allegations of a disgruntled Oklahoma football member mm. who might be unhappy with the way things are going. Mm. I'm not going to get as reckless as I want to right now. But man, I'm surprised there so wasn't funny. I'm surprised there wasn't the tie-in. Like there is a building close to the practice <laughs> facility that you can mm -hmm. tape from. You know, you could easily go over there. Surprised that wasn't linked to it as well. That's it's me. I, I'm I'm the leak. <laughs> I, I I read the depth chart and then I podcast about it, and I'm like, hmm. They're missing four of their five defensive backs, and they're trying to learn coverage stuff. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> shout out to Kansas, by the way, for breaking out the single wing and be like, all right, you young DBs, you worry about this pass coverage stuff. How are your run fits? Let's, <laughs> let's see how y'all handle the single wing. Like Lance Leipold, nice job there. That was, I mean, I didn't get the dub, but that was that was neat. That that really befuddled Oklahoma for, you know, I, is that the game you want to break it out? Like, obviously, you want to be Oklahoma, but you, if you break that out against somebody else, maybe you can get a, conference win with that i don't know if you, if you got the element of surprise now that's oh, kind of gone but mm, i think that you just set it up you're you're making sure to get those reps in for uh the sunflower series kansas state yeah. kansas everybody's running the ball under is that what it's called and then the sunflower series uh the sunflower game or whatever sunflower, yeah. sunflower showdown something i don't <laughs> let me check certainly not the shootout in today's day and age no we can't have that okay Coming up on the other side, we open up the big old bag of mail. Your questions, our answers, next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Listen, there's some real confidence uh, when you've got a good outfit put together. And it doesn't matter the occasion. It could be something social. It could be something business. It could be the Cover 3 Podcast Awards. If you've got just the right outfit, then, man, you just, you're on another level. You're more confident. You're thinking clearly. And listen, 
I know that we don't have a, as many of these special occasions in person, but sometimes you just want to look nice even to meet up with your friends digitally like we do here on the Cover 3 podcast. And let me tell you, it is awesome to be able to have a relationship with Indochino and to be able to know that all of the items that you're putting together are not only stylish, but they are customized right for you. You don't have to go into a showroom. You don't have to wait for a stylist to be available and break out that measuring tape. No, you can do it all yourself and put together a confident, stylish look that will just make you better in in all the different places in your life. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear at surprisingly low prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings, and you can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part, Indochino suits start at just $399 with all of those customizations included. Now, if you do want to go in and you know get your hands on stuff, Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you that as a great way to get fitted, personalized clothing. You can find your nearest location at Indochino.com. But if you just want to do this from the comfort of your own home, well, you can do that as well. Go to Indochino.com, and right now you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the promo code COVER3 at checkout. C-O-V-E-R number three at checkout. Again, that is $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Use promo code COVER3 at checkout. All right, into the big old bag of mail because uh, it did get mentioned earlier. I I will at least pay it off for Scotty or Scott as he signs. Uh, Scott asks, love the pod and I've been listening for a couple years now. I have a non-Big Ten mailbag question. What does UVA's record have to be for Brennan Armstrong to get serious Heisman consideration? And how do you think Virginia will finish out the season? Go Hoos. Now, Brennan Armstrong does. He is one of the most prolific passers in the entire country. I mean, the man is averaging over 400 yards per game. He's got 23 touchdowns to six interceptions. I He throws the ball 46.5 times per game. I mean, the passing attack is Virginia's offense. It's very, very fun, and he is a part of – it's a loaded slate that we'll get into for the locks tomorrow, but Virginia-BYU is a sneaky, very awesome game as uh, we've got the Bronco Bowl, Bronco homecoming for Mendenhall and a lot of those assistants as well. So uh, I guess I pose the question to the group. What does Virginia's record have to be? Uh, what do they need? What kind of finish do they need for Brennan Armstrong to sneak up into that Kenny Pickett world of Heisman consideration? Next three games are huge. Like you mentioned, they play BYU on the road this week. BYU is ranked. After that, it's Notre Dame at home. And then they're on the road for Pitt. And if Pitt is still like a one-loss team that's competing for the ACC title in a playoff berth, if Virginia rolls through that section and wins like two of those three games or whatever, or Brennan Armstrong just plays really well, then he's probably going to start getting some Heisman consideration. Because like you mentioned, he's throwing for, what, 400 and... Two. two and a half yards per game, which is the second most in the country behind Bailey Zapp at Western Kentucky. So the overall yardage numbers are there. He's only got 23 passing touchdowns, which I think I think when it comes to a lot of the Heisman electorate, they tend to look at the more traditional stats like yards, touchdowns. So the yards are there. 
I don't think he has quite the touchdowns yet. And I also think that like as good as he's been, if you look at passer efficiencies, 31st in the country. So he's simply been good. He hasn't been great. But I think that again, if Virginia keeps winning those games and he plays well in them, he's going to, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman no matter what he does, but I think he could definitely start picking up some votes. Danny's muted. Um, I'll always say so. I think that Tom is exactly right on this, but I, I'm going to go a little for. I think they have to actually win all three games if he actually has a real shot to win the Heisman. If you go to our Cover Three uh, YouTube page, we actually did a video on this. I uh, cut it from one of those mailbags of how can teams that are not in the national title race still win the Heisman. There's a couple examples, right? Robert Griffin uh, at Baylor, they were not seriously in the title race late. Tim Tebow, Florida, 2007. That team ended up losing, I think, four games if you count the one they lost to Michigan in the bowl game. Uh, but they, they still had a signature Heisman moment. For, for RG3, it was dunking on Baylor. Uh, for Tebow, I think it was actually in a losing effort at LSU. That was the cell phone game, right, uh, where, where LSU fans – and then Jacob Hester ends up winning that game, if not in overtime, pretty late for, for Florida there. You have to put up just absolute video game numbers – which he's doing as far as like yards per attempt and, and total yards. The touchdowns aren't there. But to answer the question, he's going to have to go undefeated to have any type of shot at this, and it's also going to need quite a bit of chaos. But this is such a fun offense, and they do not run the ball well at all. So it is entirely on his arm. I was saying before, I think he has to win out, same. And I think he kind of needs the help, the head-to-head against Kenny Pickett, but I think he also would need Pitt to lose this weekend and then have Virginia win out, be in an ACC championship game, have a massive performance in that game on national stage. Like you need national stages to resonate with the voters, you know, all 900 of them. Um, and then I'm always curious, like, oh, how'd you do in your losses? Like, and that's one thing I think Kenny Pickett threw six touchdowns in their loss. It wasn't his fault. Brennan Armstrong threw for 554 when they lost to North Carolina, which is insanity. And then against Wake was held in check a little bit more with only 407, but he only had two touchdowns and one interception. So I'm always kind of curious, but those losses are in the rear view. Um, Yeah, if he wanted to be in in New York, I think he'd have to run the table, have some help, get into an ACC championship game, and sort of have Virginia in the national conversation. Pivot time here for Virginia because you're 6-2. and You got four games left. But they are, as you mentioned, at BYU, home against Notre Dame, at Pitt, and then Virginia Tech in the finale. Like, if you know, Brendan Armstrong runs the table, you're right, Danny. He might be in the ACC championship game because you'll have the head-to-head against Pitt. You don't know what's going to happen with the Panthers the rest of the way. But those are all opportunities where, like, if Virginia, any finish to me, how about this? Because the other part of the question was, how do you think Virginia will finish? I think if Virginia splits its final four games, that is an awesome eight and four season for the Wahoos. Their over under win total this year was six. So that, that is. Hit it. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. By the way, shout out to some real kind of offensive innovation happening in the ACC this year. Uh, like the, the, some of the most high flying offenses, you know, Wake, Virginia, Pitt. And does Warren Ruggiero get a look at a job eventually? The, the, the guy who's kind of the architect of, of, of this Wake offense. Not, not that Clawson shouldn't get credit for it, but, I mean, he's – the OC there has done a really good job. They, they've been together since, like, Bowling at least Green. a decade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, would, um, I would think that maybe, like, you know, a, a G5 team, whether it's a Sun Belt or something, would probably be looking at him, yeah. There are four MAC jobs that could be open, right? Yeah. If, if there's any – like, if you want to look for someone there, that could be uh, – 
that could be a candidate. All right, how, let's. How on. Virginia would it be though if like the Cavs if they beat BYU, Notre Dame, and Pitt, and then lose to Virginia Tech? <laughs> Extremely like, would, Virginia. Would yes. Virginia fans Extremely take that? Yeah. Would you like take that <laughs> nine and three season where you get those huge wins and then you lose to Tech like with an interim coach at that point? <laughs> but. That interim coach then on the momentum ends up getting promoted and you don't go hire someone else. So therefore you've got Virginia Tech in a spot where you can win in the next three to five years. Playing a long game. <laughs> uh while we're sitting here in the uh in in the ACC world to to close this thing out. Um, this question comes from Jay Tweed. Uh love the show and the crew, been a fan for quite a while. R.I.P. Barton, and plan to keep it that way. Thank you. Question for the mailbag. I get the idea that what I'm about to say sounds pretty crazy, but is there some hope for Pitt this year to make the college football playoff, or are they doomed to the same fate as Ohio State in 2018? Pitt has beaten an SEC team in Tennessee, who you guys seem to think is pretty good when they don't let Milton throw the ball 20 yards over people. They've won every other game by 10-plus points, including a convincing win over a more talented Clemson team, and their lone loss was by three while still scoring 41. Presuming Pitt wins out and keeps winning like it has, Pickett keeps balling, and they claim an ACC title, I think they'd have a slightly, all caps slightly, better case than Ohio State did in 2018. Their loss is less damaging than getting smothered by a bad Purdue team, and their wins will have been more convincing than some of those from OSU that year. For example, 52-51 overtime against Nebraska, 36-31, or 52-51 against Maryland, 36-31 against Nebraska. Hope this makes it through. Congratulations, it did. Thanks for all the content. Here, I Here's what I think Pitt needs to happen. Obviously, it needs to win out and it needs to win the ACC, but I also think it needs Georgia to win out, and that includes beating Alabama or whoever it gets from the SEC West in the title game, so that kind of eliminates the second SEC team. It would probably be better off if Oklahoma won out, so that way that just kind of settles it, and if Ohio State wins out, then you're probably looking at Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Pitt. Of course, you should also root for a Cincinnati loss at some point there, too, because I do think that there might be more of a pull with the committee between a one loss pit with a loss to Western Michigan and an undefeated Cincinnati that beat Notre Dame. The committee might have a really difficult time justifying that one. But I mean, my problem too is like that loss, obviously Western Michigan is going to hang on it like, like an anchor, but what is their best win? I I know Tennessee wasn't a bad win. It's definitely the 31 points on the road at Georgia tech. Like, they they beat a team that very well may may go bowling now on the road by thirty one. Yeah, and because like if you look at the rest of the schedule, it's Miami, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse. Okay, so you win those games. There's really not like going to be a resume win on there that's going to catch the committee's eye. And then if you get to the ACC championship and you're playing like what Wake Forest or NC State, what's uh what's Georgia's signature win? Uh, being Auburn. dominant and undefeated and not losing to Western smoking Michigan. everybody. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think I think it's more the smoking everybody that's there because I think their wins are going to at the end of the season are going to be less than stellar as far as it pertains to top 25, you know, power wins. But the fact they didn't lose to Western Michigan absolutely comes into play there. Kentucky um, also may finish as a 10-win team. Yeah. So I, I think, think Auburn's going to beat Ole Miss. I think that win's going to start looking better. I, too. I think Mississippi State's going to beat Kentucky this weekend, too. So we got our locks pod. We'll save yeah, some, of those, some of those beauties for tomorrow. But I still think a one-loss power five pit is in. 
I think everything that would happen would. I mean, we're assuming a lot. Um, I think they would be in. I would pound the table for them, too, if they did. I think the ACC has been bashed early and often this season, but just because some of the brands aren't there, some of the teams like Virginia are better than we thought they were. Pitt's way better than we thought they were. Uh, I'm not saying it's one of the top conferences in the country, but I still think it's a Power 5 conference where a one-loss conference champ would get in. And I, don't, I think there's one thing. You can't get blown out. I think you're going to lose close. Like I think they, I think the committee has kind of shown us that. You can't get blown out, but if you lose close, even though it's not a Power 5 opponent, I think they might be able to overlook that. They also had some COVID stuff in that game, which uh, if, if this is close, they're going to be, be they're going to be beating that drum for sure. Uh, you know, if With you Pat look at this- on ESPN, like, I mean, Kenny Pickett was out of the game for a little bit, you know, <laughs> got to take that into consideration. First of all, they have to win out, which I don't think they're a lock to win out, right? Okay. Like they, this is not a, a something where I'm projecting them to, to win out. I've got them at about a, like a 20% shot to make the playoff right now, uh, which that may be the high watermark of this group. We know the committee does look at stuff like strength of record, and their strength of record right now is what 17th on ESPN. I think the other one has them at, at sixth. So if they do win out, they will have a strength of record that is is going to be fairly impressive uh, to the committee. They'll have the conference championship. They, they do need the, the Pac-12 champ, I think, to have two losses because if that Pac-12 champ is Oregon with one loss and it has the win on the road at Ohio State, I think that that is going to be a much better signature win, as it should be, uh, and that Pitt will lose out to Oregon if they're both somehow one-loss champs. I would also say that uh, Pitt and Pitt will have no problem doing this, but Pitt definitely wants to see the other, the other Big Ten East teams take multiple losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there one loss? Are there one loss non champs other than Georgia, who you think would go in over one loss ACC champ Pitt? Like, does one loss Michigan go? If if Oklahoma were to lose in the Big Twelve title game to like two loss Iowa State, do they go? Are there any scenarios you guys can see like that? I think it depend. Like it would depend if Michigan's got one loss, but it doesn't win the division, and it was like a three point loss to Ohio State. I would bet they'd get in. Yeah, I think Michigan's your biggest. Uh, what you're the most afraid of? Which, and honestly, I'm not sure that I would argue very strongly that Michigan's more deserving of Pitt at that point. Because, I mean, if you go through Michigan's resume at that point, it's probably not going to look all that differently than Pitt's, except they'll have the much better loss. Michigan also may end up with Big Ten West champion Wisconsin as things are going right now. That's that's actually a kind of a mailbag question I wanted to offer to you guys. What kind of odds can I get on Wisconsin winning the Big Ten West? Because hmm. I can't I mean, find them anywhere. <laughs> I don't see anybody still offering divisional odds. Yeah, I know. And I really want to bet Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West. Well, they're favored this weekend over Iowa. <laughs> and as you look at a lot of the advanced numbers – they should be. And that <laughs> sounds crazy to say because of Wisconsin's offense, but mm. hey, and I think I think Wisconsin's defense is better than Iowa's defense, by yes, the way. Especially so if I. you strip out some of the turnover. Like Iowa's defense is clearly stellar, but like on a down to down basis, Wisconsin's is better. Mm-hmm. Well, with all of the Bud Elliott, if they played tomorrow, we're also dealing with major injuries in a defensive backfield that is like the anchor of what they do. Not that it's huge against Wisconsin, but still not having two all American caliber cornerbacks. Did you guys see the total in this? I know we're kind of going lockspot territory. Did you see the total in this game? 
Yeah. 36 and a half, baby. Lock it up before it drops further. <laughs> exactly. I cannot bet. No, because because 38 and 37 are actual like key numbers on that. I, if, it, if it gets 38, if somehow somebody steams this, I, I will take an under 38. But, I, man, under 36 is so tough. 13 to 8. <laughs> 14 to 10. No, 21, no, no. 21-17 beats you. 9-7. 14 to 10 is way too normal of a score for that game. The 13 to 8 was on the right track. 19 to 12. This is kind of like a Power 5 sicko mode game. Yes. I know. I'm excited. I, it's just, Listen, that's a tease. The slate this weekend is phenomenal. I've, I've already scanned the entire board, and my first draft has, I think, 20 thoughts that I need to pare down, including maybe just stacking up Rutgers first quarter, first half, full game unders, okay? I don't know. Just, just just, on the board. Just a thought right now. So make sure that you subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast wherever you get your podcast. It is a live show that we offer that you can join it on youtube.com slash cover3. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash that bell for the notifications so that you not only know when a new video gets posted, but also when we go live so that you can be a part of the fun, including uh, getting to hop in the chat, which has become a community unto itself. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow him at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Fennell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, Thank you very much. Thank you. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.